0: I am thrilled that today's guest, my friend, my old friend, I don't mean age wise, just known this gentleman a long time, Mr. Mike Lupica. He's pro- He's involved with two of my favorite media things of all time. One is a sports reporter, and the other is Shooting for the Lip. Shooting for the Lip, of course, is Daily News Sunday column that ran for years and years. He still writes for the Daily News. He's only written about 60 or co written 60 books, including 19 New York Times bestsellers. Um, his newest, Robert B. Parker, and obviously we're going to talk a lot about Robert B. Parker and his influence on Mike's Broken Trust. It's just it came out November 28th. How are you,
1: sir? I am fine, Donnie. It's good to it's good to talk to you again, um, and uh, I miss our days uh, appearing on Morning Joe together. Yeah.
0: Um, first of all, we got so much to talk about. Any? Let's just first before we get into the book, let's
1: just jump into a few sports things. Uh, any thoughts about my Jets and Giants? The, the Giants, th- this might be the worst Giants team right now of all time. It's, well, certainly it's, the biggest
0: disappointment. Certainly the biggest disappointment. No,
1: it's the most dis- – this was the most anticipated pro football season in New York that I could ever remember, and it has now turned into the the, the biggest disappointment. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Um, Rodgers gets hurt four plays into the season – Daniel Jones gets hurt, but they they sucked before he got hurt, right? And it has been a stunning, like roof caving in, collapse by the Giants. I, Donnie, I don't know how they win another game. And the only good that can come out of this is if they end up with the number one pick in the draft, and they take the kid from USC. The the, the yeah. Jets, my God, they keep trying to make J- Zach Wilson into a quarterback. My son, my son Zach informed me after the game last night that if you don't count a a 50-yard throw and run that Brees Hall had in that, that awful Giants game, mm-hmm. Zach Wilson hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since the Chiefs game on, 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 on Sunday night. So it, it's, it's you know, a lot has happened, obviously, since the, the disaster of the middle weekend in November. But I can't remember... Everything going awry quite to this extent.
0: Well, I, I'm a going will talk Jess for a second first. I, I, I remember watching that play where Rodgers got hurt and go, this can't possibly be. Somebody's playing a joke. It's just it is it is such a snake bit franchise. And the expectation, I mean, we had Super Bowl expectations. And with, with that defense, that was a very realistic kind of, uh, I don't say dream, but thought. Um, and Zach Wilson, how many more games, like, by the way, if you're a quarterback in this league and you're playing three or four seasons and it's not happening, it's not happening. It's just not going to happen for this gentleman, period.
1: Unfortunately, quarterbacks are like the old uh, definition of uh, pornography from the, I think it was Justice Potter. You know it when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know a good quarterback when you see one, like CJ Stroud.
0: You can see it. You see his command on the field. Yeah, you just see. You it. You think yeah. that
1: the Texans did better with the second overall? Yeah, pick I'd say so. I'd it. say
0: so. Yeah, yeah, a little. I think they're a little bit better than our second pick. Yeah,
1: but um, my friend, and maybe he's your friend. I don't know. Larry David is is a dear friend of mine, and he's a crazed Jets fan. Yes, well. he is. Yes, he is. And he said, after the uh, after the game that they lost to the Raiders. He sent me a text and he said after all the penalties he said they play as if there are no referees on the field. Yeah. And and they do. And in addition to everything else that happens, they kill themselves with penalties and I'm sorry but that's coaching. And and I now all of a sudden Donnie your future as a Jets fan is going to be a 40 going on 41 quarterback coming back next season after an Achilles 10 surgery. I mean, they were talking
0: about, I just read something recently where there was a chance he was coming back mid-December. That's impossible, isn't it?
1: It's, I think it's impossible. And and here's the thing. Let's just say that he thinks he could play in mid-December. What season is he coming back to?
0: Yeah, that's true. At that point.
1: And, and, you know, it's, it's, again, what you said before I thought was bananas at the start of the year. I was telling people, let's pump the brakes on the the Super Bowl or bust talk, okay? But now, and I'm just talking about what I saw through the first nine games of the season. Okay, I'll just, I'll stop it at there, okay?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Having seen that defense, if Aaron Rodgers was still standing, they would have, in my opinion, they might have the best record in the National Football League. I actually think, that they could have been that good. So what I wrote at the time and what I've been saying ever since is Rogers getting hurt on opening night, four plays into the season is the most jets thing that has yes. ever happened. <laughs> yes. You know what you also realized
0: after Rogers was here for a few months, how, how, Right for New York, this guy was. Oh, my God. I, you know, you, you, you really, you, you obviously, he's a great quarterback. I never loved him just as a person because of all the stupid shit you would hear. But then you see this guy in New York, you go, this is a fucking New York athlete. I mean, if ever, this
1: is Reggie. This is Reggie. I mean, you know. He did everything except date Taylor Swift. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I <laughs> he, he did. And by the way, Johnny, I, I think we're both so old that that we can remember a time in our lives where we didn't feel as if we had a 24-hour-a-day tracker on a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah I woke yeah. Donnie. I woke up this morning <laughs> and I'm thinking, I don't know what Travis Kelsey had for breakfast. What? I, know, I I feel know. like my life has gone off the rails. So, what is, as a media
0: guy, as a guy who who's just I, you, obviously sports has been one of your belly works and novelists, but you're you're a culture guy as far as I'm concerned. What is it about Taylor Swift that has hit such a nerve that? I can't think in my lifetime, another pop artist in any dimension that has filled the space that she's filled.
1: No. And I, listen, I don't, I don't get it. I love, uh, you know, we talked about, we both love music. I I love rock and roll. I I just had an unbelievable experience three or four weeks ago. I saw Ed Sheeran in person and it's just one of the great shows I've ever seen. I don't know if you've ever seen him. He's the only person on the stage, Donnie. He's yeah. done that looping thing where he lays down the instrumentals himself. He lays down the other vocals himself. And so that I could get. But my wife, who who loves music, who grew up loving rock and roll music, she is swept away by Taylor Swift. She and her best friend last weekend went to see the concert movie and loved it. <laughs> and so, you know, you you date yourself when you make historical comparisons. Okay. Yeah, but wow. sometimes you have to try – to, to uh, provide context even for young people who think history started when they became interested in it. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, in this world, there's a little bit and, and Yankee fans don't yell at me and movie fans don't yell at me of a Joe DiMaggio, Mar- Marilyn Monroe, 2.0. Oh wow,
0: it really did. Okay, for those of you out there, Joe DiMaggio played center field for the New York Yankees. Marilyn Monroe was a very famous sex symbol. I just want to get our audience up to speed, Mike.
1: Yeah, I know. It's unfortunately, isn't that sad? We have to explain who Joe DiMaggio yeah. and, and Marilyn Monroe were, but they were married briefly, and it was in the 1950s a huge event and a huge yeah. moment in this country. And and now we have scaled down. And I'm, believe me, I'm not saying we're scaling down celebrity in her case, because she is a worldwide phenomenon. I said to my daughter the other day, I have a 25-year-old daughter, and I said, Hannah, d- is who's bigger, Taylor Swift or Rihanna? And she said, Dick, come on, it's Taylor Swift. And oh, it's not even Because I thought that it's 20 close. seconds ago, Rihanna was the biggest thing. No, the
0: thing, because Rihanna is a, a big pop star. Taylor Swift is a thing. She is she, part of our culture. It's it, it. She's she is is transcends what she does for a living for some reason.
1: And I like Travis Kelsey by the way. He's a great yeah. football player. And I, I thought I don't know if you ever saw him when he hosted Saturday Night Live. Well, he was great. He was fantastic. He was great. He was. I mean, great. Cho- he
0: had the chops to do every single thing. I mean, that he was. He was with right? The best skit was the. Uh, your what was it, rent a straight boyfriend or yeah. uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just great it was
1: No great. he's he's going to be when he's down playing football you can see him morphing yeah, yeah. into being an action hero in the movies but i yes. think he can actually do more than that because i think he's funny
0: yeah, no, he's he's you have to be bright to be as funny as he is, and he's likable. He's certainly, if not the best, one of the two or three best to ever play his position. Uh, so, who's your pick this year? I, it look, to me, it looks like Chiefs and Eagles. I, I don't see either of the team, either team, as strong as either of those teams. And I, you, I, I mean, obviously, you got the Niners that are good. Dallas can surprise I, you. Uh, I
1: think, I think that the Niners are going to get a do-over if their quarterback is healthy. Okay. Uh, last year's playoffs, when I think I, I, I think the next call was going to be to you to play quarterback in that yeah, game. Exactly. They've exactly. They lost. They lost, yeah. lost everybody. Okay. Right. So I I'm not. I did not get off the 49ers because they lost three and three games in a row at that yeah. point. Yeah.
0: They, and
1: yesterday. in in the AFC in the AFC, I still think it is the Chiefs because I believe in Mahomes that that deeply. But I'll tell you something, you know, that there was that weekend in a couple weeks ago with 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 the Browns beat the Ravens because the Ravens were looking like the best team in the world. Right. And if and, and if the massage king, Deshaun Watson, is actually <laughs> the player that he was with right. that defense, that they could be a team to watch. And the last thing I'll say is my wife grew up in Perrysburg, Ohio. Her dad was a detroit Lions. Uh, i mean that's game. the story that's the story okay? and i we would spend thanksgiving in perrysburg sometimes and donnie that's here here again we'll have to explain to people there used to be a thing called the blackout rule right. <laughs> in the national <laughs> Do football you remember that oh my so you, you at 72 just 72 that- hours yeah. before your game you didn't sell out they wouldn't put the game on God. on local television and i have these memories My late father-in-law sitting upstairs (laughs) in his study on Thanksgiving, uh, uh, having a drink, listening to a transistor radio and listening to the Lions lose again and cursing his fate to be a Lions fan. And it's really fun to yeah. watch the line. And I I, I mean,
0: Dan, Dan Campbell, I fell in love with them in their hard knocks last year. I mean, that oh, guy God, is he the best. The best. I, 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 and he's the real, and by the way, people who know him say he's an incredibly smart guy. You know, you think it's this basic, it's this brute, but that's a smart, smart gentleman also.
1: Yeah. I think he played for Parcells at one point and you he kind did. of see, you can kind of see, uh, by the way, Belichick has no coaching tree. Okay, yeah. go around and look at par- Look at all the guys who have come out of the uh, the Parcells. Well, Belichick has a coaching tree. It's just not a successful one. I mean, that's all. It's It's not is. a successful one. And I'm telling you something. I know that, that Belichick won way more Super Bowls than Bill Parcells won. I'll take Parcells any day of
0: the week. Any day of the week. You
1: look at what you look at what he did. He won when he had a great quarterback. He won when he had Jeff Hostetler as his quarterback. Right. He took the Patriots to the to to the Super Bowl after they had been um, uh, terrible. He took the Jets to the championship game about 20 minutes after they were one and 15. Mm-hmm. And he nearly won with Tony Romo when he went to Dallas. Oh, no. T- to me, Parcells stands on whatever Mount Rushmore you want of coaches that there has ever been.
0: And we also have to go on record with a huge asterisk. Bill Belichick has never won anything without Tom Brady. Let's put that on record also.
1: Well, I I, I I can't pick up my phone and look at this. I actually wrote about this in my in your very favorite column, shooting from the lip, the other day. What Belichick's record is <laughs> without Brady. Okay. What his record is with Brady, what Brady's record is without Belichick and it is extremely dramatic. Do you know how many playoff games Bill has coached in where Tom Brady wasn't his quarterback in his career? I'm going to say one or two or three. Brady. His okay, record right. is one right. and two with Brady, it's 30 and 11. Right. Interesting. That is, that's that's pretty
0: that's a pretty insane statistic. That is an insane. St- I mean, remember he he was terrible with the Browns. Um he was they they ran him out of town there. Uh and you know, like I said, we know what Brady did without Belichick. So how is Parcells? You wrote his autobiography with him. How's he doing these days? He's kind You don't see much of him anymore.
1: He's okay. Um, I haven't spoken to him. I tried to call him. You know, he was very close friends with Bob Knight. Um, yes. Bob Knight was the the boy wonder head basketball coach at the military academy when Parcells was an assistant football coach. And that began a friendship that lasted nearly 60 years. And so they were extremely close. In uh, fact, I, I back, Parcells, if you'll remember, was three twelve and one in his first year, mm-hmm. and we thought he was going to get fired. And I didn't really know him that well. I, I was writing about the Giants, because that team looks like a Super Bowl team compared to this one. And and one day I'm sitting at the office at the Daily News because I knew Knight pretty well, and and he called up. He said, "Do you know Parcells?" I said, "You know, I go to the post game press conferences. I've gone over during the week a couple of times." He said, "You ought to." You call him up. I'll tell him you're going to call. You go over there and you have a cup of coffee with him, and you'll be glad you did. And it began a friendship with Parcells that has lasted 40 years with me. I did write his book. He is as smart as anybody I have ever met in sports. And Donnie, I was saying this to a friend of mine the other day. I say this to Buck Showalter. I said, Parcells is one of those guys, if you had made him switch sports, and made him a baseball manager, a basketball coach, I fully believe he would have been successful. Well, he
0: was he was a motivator of men. I mean, above uh, everything else, at least, uh, you know him intimately. I just know him as a fan. But, you know, to me, he was one of those guys that got every ounce of juice out of every person that played for him.
1: he uh, I'll tell you one great Parcel story. I mean, I, I i quote him constantly. You know, you are what your record says you are. That's, yes. that's one of his favorite quotes. But um, Phil McConkie had retired and dave meggett had become the giants punt returner right and and meggett was committing the gr- the mortal sin for any player who played for bill parcells was he was fumbling parcells right. his head would explode if you left the ball on the ground okay right. and this is how parcells would deal with players He'd, he he was in the locker room all the time and so one day he's standing next to meggett's locker when meggett is sitting in front of his locker and he starts patting his pockets like he can't find something. And, and finally, Meggett bites and said, did you lose something, coach? And Parcells goes, yeah, McConkie's phone number. Where the hell did I lose that? And he walks away. And guess what? Meggett never f- fumbled again that year. Isn't that a great story?
0: Hey, let's shift to baseball. The season just ended with the media juggernaut that is the Arizona-Texas World Series. Why hasn't baseball figured out what the NBA has and, and twist a lesser NFL, that it's a star system league, that's the way you sell a league, where you have all of these baseball players. People don't know what Mike Trout looks like. People don't know what uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. looks like. Why have they never figured out how to sell their players?
1: Well, I, I, I really think this sport right now is as rich as in young talent as Agreed. it is ever, uh, across board, And I think they got a little unlucky if, if, if the Phillies had made the world series, Bryce Harper's a baseball star. Okay. Yes. Yeah. People want, and I thought for sure they were going to go back. Uh, sort to like. the series. It, it felt and, like
0: it was their the year this year. It just felt like yeah. it was their year. Yeah.
1: And, and uh, even though I love the Texas Rangers story and I do, I, I love, I love the way the team was put together, and I love. Here is what I love about the Rangers, okay, that they prove that you don't need, but you know, a twenty-seven-year-old analytical nerd managing your team or running your team. I mean, is
0: anybody more underrated than Bruce Bochy? I mean, this guy I, in a full world. I mean,
1: like the average person doesn't even know his fucking name. He here is Bruce, Bruce Bochy wins this year. Okay, he's sixty-eight. Dusty Baker is seventy-four. He won last year. Brian Snicker, who I think is sixty-seven, he won. And somehow, though, there's this idea that all these little, little boys and girls running around with their iPads telling yeah. you about launch angles or baseball. No, have you written a column about that? Because that's oh, really yeah. No. Yeah, Okay. All right, all right. Yeah, and and what I heard about Bochi, and I I, I didn't actually, I haven't verified this, but I think it's true. Like early on in spring training, like the little boys and girls with their iPads were like infesting his his office, and he went to Chris Young. The guy had hired him. He said, "We're not doing this here." He said, "I'll take all the information, but I'm going to manage the team." The way I, and how'd that work out? I think it worked out okay. I think it worked out. And NBA, who are we liking this year? Oh man, I you know what? I I hope LeBron has one last gasp in him. I I just don't know how good the team is around. Him. And I'll tell you what.
0: I don't think LeBron has gotten even enough credit. No, I don't a, think he has. Like this guy has never had a fucking, his closest thing to a scandal was a bad press conference in Miami. Okay. That this guy, the family he has, the way he conducts himself. I'm not saying a lot of, a lot of it is obviously curated. And the athlete that he is at age 39, I, I it, this guy, you can't
1: say enough about him as an overall human being. He has been famous, Donnie, since he was 14 years old. He's been yeah. famous. He's been on the public stage since he's 14 years old. And you're right. There has been no scandal. He is the greatest. And and listen, I'll die on the hill if I had to pick one person to play for my life. It's Michael. Mm-hmm. I saw the whole show with Michael Jordan. I saw him uh, make the shot to beat Georgetown. When he was at north carolina Mm -hmm. i saw him win all those titles with the bulls i got to know him pretty well if i had to pick one guy to win one game for my life it's Michael. yes but my qualifier is no player in the history of basketball has influenced every game he played in more positive ways than lebron james has he's not only been the greatest all-around player he's been the greatest teammate
0: Yeah, he makes guys better. He makes guys Michael Michael will guys, but he didn't even, he didn't from a actual basketball playing make people better. He just, he willed them. But whereas LeBron, all of a sudden a guy named Austin Reeves shows up and he's a basketball player, you know?
1: LeBron, in addition to everything else, I believe could be an all-star at any one of the five positions on the court. Yes. And he has guarded every one of the five positions on the court. And he's made what ten NBA finals? He's he's won with he's won with the Heat. He won with the Cavaliers. He won with the Lakers. So it's been a very modern sports career because he has moved around. Yes, yes, okay? yes. But he, LeBron, has honored his sport every single time he's teed it up, mm-hmm. and and he has accepted the responsibilities. Of being LeBron James, and even now, when they're trying to cut down on his minutes, the other night they couldn't; they had to drag him off the court when they were beating the Suns on the road. No, I love LeBron. So let's uh, shooting
0: for the lip, which I I used to literally. This is no joke. I used to buy the Daily News for that. I, I mean, I would I would shell well, out. You
1: still can, you know. I, I know,
0: but I'm saying I don't buy newspapers anymore. That's the difference, okay? I don't. I, I'm talking. I, you just stop by the, the the store on the corner. It was a buck at the time. Uh, it was fifty cents at the time. I don't remember, but I would literally go out on my Sunday. I'd get the news, I'd get the post, but I would literally just get the the, the daily news for your column. Where, how does it get put together? Because it's just this marvelous stream of stuff, <laughs> stuff, and just so it was like you were writing it for me. It was really, really. I, I mean that, sir. It, it 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 was. I had such a connection with that column.
1: Thank you. Uh, you know, it started quite randomly. Uh, an old sports editor of mine. This is back in the eighties. We, we we it was like. Things that weren't whole column ideas. I, I just, yeah. I started writing a Saturday column and I, it was like five or six or seven things. You know, Jimmy Cannon in the old days used to write, nobody asked me, but, but he would do it every four months. Nobody had ever done it every single week. Right. And all of a sudden, Bob named it shooting for the lip. Bob gave it a name. We moved it from Saturday to Sunday. And ever since with a brief uh, period where I wasn't at the daily news for, I don't know, I a know, minute not like, Right like a year. And, and, and uh, Kyle Wagner's sports center called me up. He said, but you want to come back? And I said, Yeah, it's, a, it's all I've ever done. I miss it. So it is, I write a normal column at the top. Yeah. And then every week, for like 40 years, there's 25 or 30. Are you jotting them down all week? I mean, is, yeah. Is uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So soon. by the time I get to Friday, which is when I write my column, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. That's, that's the easy part because yeah. the top is like a normal column. It's a column. Yeah. You got, you got to work. The really fun thing is doing, and then yeah. it's, a, it's politics, it's books, it's, it's, it's everything. It's, it's culture. It, it's, it, who it, it's who we are. It, yeah. it, it's who we are. Yeah. It's music. It's, it's all of that stuff. And, it, it just became the most popular thing in, in New York newspapers, and it was fun when I came back to see uh, the response. It was it was really fun, and now I'm writing a second column a week for for, for no other reason except I still like doing it. I'm busy enough writing books. Yeah, I, I would
0: say so. I would
1: say so. But I love I, – I just – I still love it, and I know that the news is not as big as it was, but you know what? I said to Andrew Julian, the editor, and Kyle Wagner, my sports editor, I said, You know what? I I I had chances to go other places. And I said, No, if I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna fight with you guys. You know, you. I'm gonna Good come back you. and I'll stick my flag on the hill at the Daily News. I walked through the door in nineteen seventy seven. I
0: know they brought I was reading they brought you in because they had crusty old right wing Dick Young and they said we needed a young guy to kinda
1: okay. compensate for him. I'll tell you the story. Do you want to hear the story? Yeah, I do. Okay. So I had gone to the Post, and and by the way, to say that the Post, uh, this is the the Dorothy Schiff New York Post, to say right. that they hired me out of ob- obscurity is like insulting to actually uh, obscure people. I was far Gosh. more. I was twenty two <laughs> years old, and 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 I, I'll tell you one quick story about the Post. So I get hired by the New York Post. I'm I'm I'm. I've gone to Boston College. I'm freelancing in Boston. Somehow my stuff ends up on the desk of the sports editor, Ike Gellis. And he calls me in and he hires me. But he doesn't tell me what he's hiring me for, but I don't care. It's New York. I'm good. I'm I'm moving to New York. And and so the first week, I write four random features for the sports department. You're on probation. I am making about $12. And and I go in and I look at my second week schedule because Mr. Gellis – had made it perfectly clear he did not need to see me around the office. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I had to go in to see what my schedule was. And they, they, Donnie, they were down on South Street in, in, right. in those days. I remember that. And I look, and the Knicks are starting their season. And it's Knicks game story, Knicks sidebar, Knicks at Jazz, Knicks, Knicks, Knicks. So I go, I screw up my courage, and I walk down the hall to Ike Gellis' office, and who, who ran the best sports section in New York for 25 years, and, and he did it despite talking as often as he did to his bookie. He was right. a Damon Runyon character <laughs> right, right. And, and a genius of the newspaper business. Okay. I loved it. And I and so he's on. I think he's saying, give me the Mets in six and a half. And I go, Mr. Mr. Collins, just he goes, what? I said, I, I was just looking at next week's schedule. And I, I, I couldn't help but notice, oh, you've got me covering the Knicks. And he goes, yeah. I said, I thought Lenny Lewin covered the Knicks. And he looks up at me. He goes not anymore. And he goes back to talking to his bookie. And in that moment, <laughs> you Nick got hired. Johnny, there had the been Knicks. no conversation. Right. That that this nobody from Boston was being covered uh, uh, to hired to cover the Knicks, and that was the beginning. I stayed there a year, and then Mr. Young had gotten. Con- Increasingly uh, Ken Tankers, so yeah. to say. You I remember
0: and, just feel like all I mean it was with the, with Tom Seaver and the whole thing. You oh know, no, my crazy. America. No, he was yeah, yeah. MAGA
1: before MAGA. Yeah, he was MAGA before MAGA. And so Mike O'Neill was the editor of the Daily News. And his best friend, I didn't know this, was Mike the great Michael Burke, who had run mm-hmm. the Yankees and the, run the, the Garden, right. White Hair, one yeah, of the yeah, great, yeah. New yeah. York City characters. He had he had been in the OSS with Wild Bill Donovan. He had run Ringling Brothers, Barnum & Bailey. I mean, this- real, real showman, right. Right, okay. And he goes to lunch with O'Neill, and O'Neill tells him, I, he said, I got to find a way to balance off my sports section. And he describes what he wants, and Burke listens to him, and he said, there are 10 names I could give you right now who, who fit the bill exactly. He said, but there's this kid at the New York Post who's going to be better than all of them. And, and on that recommendation, Mike O'Neill looked at my clips and 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 gave me a column. And the next thing I know, in January of 77, I'm walking through the door with Pete Hamill, who was not only my one of my heroes, along with Breslin, but stayed my dear friend until the day died. It's a great story.
0: Great story. Uh, before we get into your book, you, you and I have something else in common. It's an odd thing. You grew up in Oneida, New York, and I have a tremendous affection for Oneida. My dad, who started the ad agency that I eventually took over and ran, his first and only account was the Oneida Silversmith's account. Oh, my God. I used to go up with him. I remember once when I started working, when they, they had a they had, a, they had a, the silver niblick tournament up there where they invited me. They, had their, own golf court. they, they own had their own golf course. They it, had their own golf course. It's a crazy place that people don't even know about, and what it, like its history. And I didn't know. I, I figured you grew up in Brooklyn somewhere, you know, or 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 a Southie or something like that. I can't believe you were from Oneida, New York.
1: Earl Avenue, Oneida, New York. Um, I grew up. My my grandfather built houses. He lived on right behind us. My two aunts lived uh, next door. And I lived there till I was twelve years old. Uh it's here's here's your fun fact about Oneida. It's the exact geographic center of New York State. And and once I got to New York, people were like you. They 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 thought I'd grown up on the Lower East Side. You know, yeah. they just like whatever that vibe is, they, they they got that. Yeah, no, I was a central New York uh kid. My dad grew up in Cheryl, New York, um, and was a bombardier at the age of twenty. Um uh, find uh, B 24 Liberators. My pop passed away last spring, Donnie, at the age of 99.
0: Oh, my mom's just turning 95. Her right. birthday wow. would have been wow.
1: this coming January. Wow, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, that's, a I, that's a good no, run. That's a good run. No, let me tell you run. something. Pops never got to che- Pop was the happiest person I ever met. He didn't really die; he just ran out of gas. Just
0: just front, I ran out of gas by the side of the road. And that was he like, ran out yeah, of gas, yeah.
1: and and yeah, I growing up in 09, it was like it's like growing up in a, in a Norman Rockwell yeah.
0: um, picture. And the whole town is built around the silverware, and everybody yeah. making sure. Yeah, no,
1: and 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 well, I'm not kidding. They they have their they have their, their own, golf,
0: own golf course. Yeah,
1: golf course. And It was like the best golf course in 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 that uh, immediate area no i i i had a blast and and i had relatives in canastota how about that name
0: yeah, I, I all right wait,
1: here i got one for you yeah my mother went to grade school with carmen Basilio <laughs> in canastota new york where wow. where the international boxing hall of fame is located right off the the turnpike
0: who knew well, you're not far from Cooperstown. What are you, about a half hour from Cooperstown?
1: No, it takes about an hour and a half to get to uh, uh, Cooperstown. Last time I was in Cooperstown, my dad used to take me. They used to play a game there on Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, Hall of Fame game, yeah. Weekend. I was actually there with my pops the day Jackie Jackie Robinson and Bob Feller were inducted the same day. Let's sell some books, okay? First of all, talk to me about your
0: how you came together with Robert Parker and how, with the profound effect he's had in your life.
1: Okay. Uh, I first read Bob Parker's books. Uh, the Godwolf Manuscript, his first Spencer, came out 50 years ago.
0: The and first Spencer been, was 50 years ago.
1: 50 wow. years ago. There was a really good story. If people want to go look it up about Mr. Parker and, and me taking over this franchise, crimereads.com did a fabulous piece on the whole history of, of Spencer. And after- Bob Parker died. And I call him Bob. I'm not like being um, uh, disrespectful. He was my friend. I'll, I'll tell you right. about that in a second. And, and, uh, and so his voice has been in my head forever. In fact, uh, the last couple of weeks, I am so thrilled that when uh, Broken Trust, that Joe Mantegna, the great Joe Mantegna, mm-hmm. has been reading, doing the Audible books oh, of wow. Spencer for over 20 years and we have been corresponding because I have listened to them again and again and he's such a great actor and he's got such a great voice and he actually played Spencer in in what I thought were the best television movies and so Spencer this character was a yeah, huge it's fun. right in,
0: in addition to the series there were movies there were TV there movies there were television uh, movies
1: uh, right. and 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 Joe was fabulous and and so I I read those books I read Jesse Stone, which became the Tom Selleck's mm-hmm, TV mm-hmm. movies. I read Sonny Randall after he, he created a female private detective because Helen Hunt wanted to play somebody like that in the movies. It never happened. So he's had he had three franchises going and westerns. And so, again, we, we became friends when I started writing mysteries uh, in the 80s. I wrote these mysteries about... A character named Peter Finley, a New York mm-hmm. television sure. reporter. I wrote one TV movie called Money, Power, Murder, where the late Kevin Dobson played Mike. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was a blast. But you can see Parker's influence all yep. over. So, um, like five or six years ago, I'm driving up to Vermont. My daughter was a, a champion show rider and she's going up to compete in Vermont. And as uh, you, I knew, I knew
0: you and Bruce Springsteen had something in common. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, my friend Carl Hyacin he thinks it's funny when he talks about how expensive uh, horses are. Okay, yeah. so I'm listening, just as I always did, to an old Sonny Randall uh, book on on tape, um, and it was, you know, it was it was fantastic. Okay, and and uh, so now I uh, I call my agent Esther Newberg, and I said, you know, the Jesse Stone novels continued. Spencer obviously continued with Ace Atkins. The Westerns, came. how come nobody ever continued Sonny Randall? She said, I'll find out. I had forgotten that she was the caretaker of the literary estate. She calls me back an hour later and she said, I just talked to Ivan Held at Putnam. He wants you to write a sample chapter. I said, no, 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 I i was just I'm not, wondering. I was just I have, wondering. Right, right. I have enough to do. I don't. I, I'm good. She said, Michael, write the sample chapter. In this rented house in Vermont, I got up the next morning, Don, I sort of got us through. I wrote like a ten page chapter that became the first chapter of the first Sonny Randall that I wrote. Wow. And just like that, I was in what Ace Atkins called the Parker Sphere. Okay. Yeah. I ended up writing four Sonny Randalls. Then I started writing the Jesse Stones. Sure. And and now Ace did 10 Spencer's and 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 walked away on his own. because uh, he was his trip. And and Spencer was the prize, and so I've stopped doing Sonny. I've I've stopped doing uh, uh, Jesse Stone because I have this kind of side gig with this guy you may have heard of, James Patterson. Yeah,
0: that that, that guy. He's an old ad guy. Yeah, I actually Jim 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 did the show. Jim did the podcast. We had a good time.
1: I I with Jim, I'll talk about Jim in a second. But I said, you know what, Mike? It's time to give back. Let's let's give a helping hand to (laughs) somebody.
0: Who so, needs he needed that rock, you know that adrenaline shot you know just a little,
1: a little shot, a little shot. Things were he was stuck. He was stuck. So the the firm of Patterson and Lupica is is had I've had the most fun I've ever had, but now here comes Spencer. Broken trust uh is just out and it it to 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 get to do this with my history with Robert B. Parker, wow, with my love of these characters, to be given the high honor of of writing these books, it is a blast. Oh, I'm God. about. I could four. feel it.
0: I could feel how. We, so in Broker Trust, it's a a billionaire's wife hire right. Spencer because
1: something's not adding up. I, Donnie, I, I I did not try to reinvent the wheel here. Okay, right. how many times have we read a mystery? A woman comes in the door with a problem. <laughs> okay, right. And so I'm not. I am not trying right. to reinvent the wheel. Right. The wife of the she's the sixth richest man in America thinks he is behaving oddly and she hires Spencer to find out he's not himself he's behaving erratically there's a big merger that's in the works there's a lot of stakes you know Mr Patterson always says these books ultimately are about stakes and the stakes are tremendous and all of a sudden a character dies and then another character dies and it is um, Donnie, It is Spencer. It is Hawk. It is Susan Silverman. It is Martin Quirk, the cop. It is Frank Belson, the cop. I uh, one thing uh, Ace Atkins had done. He had moved uh, Spencer's residence over uh, near the water. I moved him back to Back Bay because Back Bay is like that's part of the geography yeah. of, of my own life. And I think people are going to like it. I think the one thing you will see is Bob's attitude is there. The spirit of these books is there. And, and I, I, I've i always said, the plot to me wasn't the thing with Robert B. Parker. It was the humor. It was the attitude. And basically, you want to spend about 350 pages yeah. hanging around with these people. And I, I, I hope that if I've succeeded, that's, that's what people are going to want to
0: do. you know you you feel your passion as you talk about it. you really it, 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 you just the love you have you know it, and it's a different I gotta believe it's it's more challenging when you're writing I don't want to say within a box it's not that but you' you have you're not only paying, you're paying attention to somebody else's voice and your own voice at the same time. and yeah. that's got to be even more challenging.
1: But I'll tell you that, yes, you're 100% right. And when I first started writing Sonny Randall, who I just kind of thought of was a female Spencer. Right. That, it, I, I, I was completely at ease in that voice, in that attitude. The first Sonny Randall, she sitting with her friend uh, Spike, and, and she said, do you think I look like I'm getting older? And Spike says, this question's a trap. And she said, no, I mean it. The UPS kid manned me the other day, and Spike said, "I assume you shot him." And f- I'm, I'm telling you that from that scene on, I said, "I'm okay." I I I I I felt like I, I was where I belong. And by the way, the funny, the great thing about uh, Spencer, because I you know because I've now taken a, a moment away from Mr. Patterson because we just had uh, another bestseller in September called Twelve Months to Live. We sure a female lawyer called Jane Smith. He's got a new Alex cross coming out uh, the the week before broken trust. And so we're going to make some appearances together. Cross meets Spencer.
0: Oh, oh, that's great. That's a great idea. Well, you guys, it's very funny. Harlan Colbin has become a dear, dear friend of mine. Oh, he's a
1: friend of mine too.
0: Loved. By the way, you know the way where everybody's on these. You, you find two or three guys that you're sending every article about what's going on in Israel back and forth. So Harlan and I are on the same text chain with two other two of our other good friends. So he sends me a, a couple of months ago a, an ad that that was your wife and Patterson's wife saying oh <laughs> it was like an, it was like an Instagram. It was like so you guys had hired some like young ad agents. You know, there's this thing called social media, and I think you should try and take advantage of it and find a new audience. And Coben writes me, he goes. Should I be doing stuff like this? I'm like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Hey, the old Jay Walter Thompson guy, my friend Jim Patterson, he has not lost his touch, okay? In fact, he is at the top of his ad. The other day, we were looking at the cover. We've already done a second Jane Smith novel. Right. It'll come out next July, and there was one little thing on the cover. I said, well, how about if we did this? And Jim said, you know what? We're doing this, and that's good because now you're in charge of marketing. I said, no, 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 no. no. I think you did okay. I think you did
0: all right. right. So, how did you? How would you guys get together? How'd that happen? how How did the How did the Patterson Lupica military industrial complex come into being?
1: We, we. I'm not proud to tell you, we met in a bar, and okay, and the the night wore on, and we, you know, we knew we were meeting to talk about maybe doing a book, but we actually we're meeting to talk about maybe doing a kid's book together because he mm-hmm. had Jimmy books at that time. He's done, yeah. he, 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 listen, he's fabulously successful at whatever he does. And all of a sudden the conversation went on and <clears throat> somehow in the morning, he, he still thought it was a good idea. You know, I, Jimmy Breslin always said, the test of a good idea, Donnie, is whether it lasts through a hangover. And, and uh, so this one fortunately did. We wrote a book called The Horse Woman about it's set in the my daughter's world of show jumping. And I'm telling you, if, uh, if somebody had told me that a book with James Patterson's name about show jumping was gonna to go to the top of the bestseller list, I would laugh, but people love this story. And now we were in business. He has become my best friend. We Our wives like each other. Those commercials that they did are good because it, it reflects very well on, on Jim and I because people look at them and say, oh my God, they wildly overmarried, didn't they? Right. <laughs> and so it it has been the it it has been a blast. We we've got four books planned down the road. He is a force of nature. I was in a study one time um over in Palm Beach, and he's got all these manuscripts. you know, he's got he's got all these co-writers, all these, you know, he's got all these plates spinning at yeah. all time. And I looked at one manuscript and I said. Because there's no title on it, and I said, "Who are you writing that one with?" And he goes, "You." I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that, yeah, we did that. Yeah, good." The book is Robert
0: B. Parker's Broken Trust Lupica, the Lupica machine goes on and on and on. I love doing more Joe with you. We don't do we're on as much together. We always just be on together for some reason. I don't know. Lately we they have us on different times. We should, we should. What day are you on? Fridays? I'm usually we? on Fridays, but it could be a random day, but usually Fridays. Well, yeah.
1: Tell the great Alex Corson. Uh I I'm I'm uh I I always had fun with with when you were at the table, Willie, Lemire's become, you know, Lemire's By the way, Lemire came and played in the artist writers softball Okay, game. I had a bit. Well, I'm
0: glad you brought that up. I had a bad experience. I went there one year, okay, and you came at me. You go, can you fucking hit? I'm like, I don't think know, I, I
1: use the F word. Or whatever I, I, you I said, you word.
0: came, you, you were wired super tight. I mean, this was like you were playing, it was the 1980 Russia US <laughs> hockey game, okay? <laughs> and you, and you can't you came up to me I, and basically okay you play, like you play for an inning and, and don't fuck up. like I, I mean you were like i was like this guy's really serious about this game
1: <laughs> i've retired by the way have you retired i only Aletta and i now only we only manage i have passed the torch to the, my 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 second son alex lupica the that who's only let me brag on my kid okay he's yeah. the executive producer of Jen saki show so, oh, wow. Okay. Wow.
0: There you go. Oh, yeah. she, oh, that's yeah. a great show. They're doing a great job. They're doing How a great job. How great
1: is Jen so
0: she's, she's super. She's a star. And the he show is, is great. And, it's it. re- and yeah. so he he and Lemire
1: are now the the mainstays. All right. Of- will
0: you make sure I'll talk to Lemire. I want to make sure I get an
1: invitation this year. I will absolutely be there. Okay. Let me just tell you one last thing about that game. Okay. Yeah. Two years ago, Alex's first game, Lemire's first game. Can Lemire play? Yeah, he, really good. He's really. really? Good. Yeah. I, he was. He was a
0: runner in, in high school. I remember. He okay, was me. okay right.
1: here we go. Unfortunately, they, it's that they, we have a nice day. I, I'm still playing. Then we're losing 18 to two going into the bottom of the ninth, and proceed to score 17 runs <laughs> in the bottom of the ninth and win 19 to 18. During batting practice, Oleta, we always we always look at players during, and not as aggressively as you say. Right. Because okay. everybody who pitches themselves for the game makes it sound like they were willing to play. Right, and, right, right. Oh,
0: man, of, I played in college. I played. Right, yeah, a screen. lot of yeah, people yeah, can't yeah, play yeah. that.
1: Okay. Yeah. But Kenny comes up to me and he's watching batting practice. He said, You know, I think the rabbi can really hit. <laughs> and I said, You know, that may be the first time that's ever come up during uh, batting practice before a charity <laughs> softball game. The rabbi, Josh Marshall, who writes for one of the papers out there, finally comes up in the bottom of the ninth. We're still losing by a run and nearly hits a grand slam home run. We win 19-18. Everybody looked it up. It may be the greatest comeback in the history of baseball. And as Josh Marshall is circling the bases, a letter comes up. He said, told you.
0: On that note, once again, the book, Robert P. Parker's Broken Trust, a must read. My good friend, Mike Lupica, always great to talk to you, my friend.
1: I had a blast, Donnie. Thank you for having me on.